0: You ever find yourself saying things like, "Oh, she's just strong-willed," or "He's just stubborn like his uncle Joe." Have you ever thought that you love your child too much to discipline them? But then, do you find yourself wanting to hide under the table when they act out in public? Well, if you answered yes to any of these questions, believe me, you're not alone. This is part two of When Parents Excuse Disobedience. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for updates so you'll always know about new podcast episodes. You'll also receive a free gift from Ginger when you sign up. In part one of When Parents Excuse Disobedience, we talk about two excuses we often give for not following through with discipline. Excuse number one is that our child isn't old enough to understand what disobedience really means. And excuse number two is that our child is only being disobedient because we're out in public. If you haven't heard that episode yet, I really encourage you to go listen to that first. But before we get started on today's episode, here is a quick word from our sponsor. I read something online recently that really pricked my heart. It said, the church should handle adoption and caring for the fatherless like we handle the Great Commission. While not everyone is called to adopt, everyone does play a role in caring for the fatherless. Friends, this is why Ginger and I are thrilled to share more about our sponsor, Lifeline Children's Services. Lifeline believes that adoption is one way that God provides families for vulnerable children who need to know the love of Christ and the love of a family. They walk with foster and adoptive families and provide them with parent coaching, educational services, and professional counseling so they can better nurture and disciple their children. Whether you're a foster or adoptive family who could use support services, or if, like my family, you want to support those who have opened their homes to these precious children, you can find out more at lifelinechild.org. Again, that's lifelinechild.org. Lifeline brings gospel hope to vulnerable children. Well, hey there, Ginger. Before we continue with the topic at hand, will you tell us about the Instagram giveaway that you're doing right now?
1: Yes. In celebration of Mother's Day, which is right around the corner now, on Instagram, I'm giving away two bundles of all of my resources, one for the winner and one for the friend. The winner tags in the comments. And of course, the more friends you tag, the better your chances for winning. Super easy to enter. Just follow me on Instagram, which is at ginger.hubbard, and tag your friends in the comments. And I'll be announcing the two winners on Instagram on Mother's Day.
0: Y'all really don't want to miss out on this chance to win a bundle of all of Ginger's wonderful. Wonderful resources for you and a friend. So again, follow Ginger on Instagram at ginger.hubbard. And remember, the more friends you tag, the better your chance of winning. So tag 100. (laughs) Okay, Ginger, excuse number three, my child only disobeys when he's tired or hungry or not feeling well.
1: Hmm. I was in Chick-fil-A a while back, Katie, and there was a mom who was standing in line next to me with her two small children. And for a while, her kids were really being very well-behaved. And I don't know what happened. I didn't see what provoked the whole thing. But what I did see is all of a sudden, one sibling reared back and slapped the other sibling (laughs) upside the head. And this frazzled mom looked at her son as if he had turned into a green three-headed alien. (laughs) And she said, why do you act like that? And I wanted to butt in. Of course, I didn't. But I wanted to say, Because he's a sinner. Why wouldn't he act like that? The question is not, why does he act like that? The question is, what are you going to do about it? Mm. Are you going to allow this sin to take root in his heart and grow? Are you going to use this opportunity? to train him in righteousness. Mm -hmm. Now, tragically, what she chose was to allow the sin to take root because she began to make excuses for him. She looked at some of the adults standing close by. And of course, she was embarrassed, just like we all get embarrassed by the behavior of our kids sometimes. (laughs) That's understandable. And she explained to all of us that her son was just so tired. (laughs) She said, he hasn't had a nap today and he's really hungry. At this point, I wanted to say, Well, I'm tired and hungry, too, but I'm not going to slap you upside the head. (laughs) Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not negating the fact that these conditions of being tired and hungry, they can play a part in behavior with small children. But sin is sin and wrong is wrong. Mm -hmm. Even if you are tired and hungry. It is sinful to slap somebody upside the head. <laughs> there is nothing in the scriptures to validate the neglect of training because the
0: child is tired or hungry. You mean there's not an exception clause for hangry toddlers? <laughs> no, not in the Bible. There's not. Oh, man.
1: They sin not because they are tired or hungry or having a bad hair day, but because they are sinners. And God has placed parents as the authority over them to teach them not to make excuses for their sins. Mm. Katie, it was also interesting. As I mentioned before, at first, her kids were standing in line very calmly and behaving well. And just before the child hit his sister, someone actually walked by and commented to the mom on how well behaved her children were. (laughs) And this same mom gave a pleased and beaming smile as she said, why, thank you. (laughs) He wasn't tired or hungry then, but just seconds later, he is so famished and so exhausted that he can't muster up enough self-control to refrain himself from hitting his sister.
0: I can actually identify with this boy in a lot of ways. All right.
1: Here's the thing. When our children are hungry, they need some food. If they're tired, they need some rest. If they're sick, they need lots of love and care and possibly medication. However, disobedience must not be excused as being tired or being hungry or not feeling well because even when they are tired or hungry and even when they have a runny nose or a tummy ache, yes still means yes and no still means no. I think we just heard a collective ouch
0: from all of our listeners, (laughs) maybe just for me. Um, But this one really hits home for me because I know how much I, myself, struggle with self-control when I'm hungry. So it can be really tempting to make that excuse for my kids as well. Mm,
1: Yeah, and I get that. I actually get really cranky too when I'm hungry, Katie. Um, You mentioned the term hangry a second ago. And I'm sure most of our listeners have heard that term used to describe someone who gets angry when they're hungry. (laughs) And so I do want to take just a second just to mention that there is actually research proving that there is a physiological reason why some folks get angry when they get hungry. It has to do with hormones uh, that are released when people's blood sugar gets low. One of them being cortisol, which is a stress hormone. So sure, hormones can definitely play a part in our struggle with sin. Uh, take it from someone who went through menopause two years ago. <laughs> and take it from my husband who had to endure me going through menopause two years ago. <laughs> he can tell you a lot about that. But again, sin is sin and wrong is wrong. Mm. Our sin ultimately comes from our hearts. So we need to recognize it and take ownership
0: for it and ask forgiveness for it rather than excusing it. Okay, so we talked about using consequences for the younger child who isn't verbal yet so that they learn the law of the harvest, you know, that God has built the principle of sowing and reaping into their worlds. But let's talk about reaching the heart of the child who is old enough to communicate. What would you say to the child who just hit his sister? Well, as we talked about
1: before, heart probing questions are always a good idea. So, in this situation, the questions might be along the lines of, Sweetie, what were you feeling when you hit your sister? Maybe it was anger because the sister had provoked him. And if that's the case, another question might be, I know you're angry, but did hitting your sister show love for her? Mm -hmm. We also want to help our children think about and evaluate their actions logically. So, maybe ask, Did lashing out in anger
0: make the situation and your relationship with your sister better or worse? I love that question. So I'm going to repeat that for our listeners. Did lashing out in anger make the situation and your relationship with your sister better or worse? I love that question.
1: Philippians 2, 3 says that, We are to value others above ourselves. And Titus 2, 11 and 12 says that God's grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness and live self-controlled lives. So another question might be, sweetie, did hitting your sister show the self-control that God wants you to have? Mm -hmm. And then we always want to teach our children how to resolve conflict biblically. We want to help them think through what they could have done instead. So we might ask, Instead of hitting your sister, what could you have done or said that would have been better? What could you have done or said to try and work things out with your sister in a way that
0: honors God and shows love for her? Um, I want to interject here because it's so easy to look at the short term when our kids are slopping each other upside the head in Chick-fil-A and forget that we are <laughs> in the business of training them to be ambassadors for Christ. And also, Lord willing, you know, husbands and wives one day. So teaching them to think through their thoughts and actions with their siblings now will absolutely serve them well in their future relationships.
1: Mm, Such a good point, Katie. One of our responsibilities as parents is to help prepare our children for adulthood. So that's why we want to lead them in thinking through these questions so that they understand the sin in their own heart and their need for Jesus to help them respond in ways that are others-oriented and God-honoring. Because learning how to respond to conflict biblically and with self-control, that's a skill that's going to serve them well in all of their relationships throughout their whole lives. And it's okay for us to help our children with these answers when they're struggling with issues like this. That's what training and instructing them is all about. That's our job as parents. It's about helping them understand their ongoing need for the power of Christ in their lives. That when we cry out to Him in our weaknesses, He hears our prayers and He gives us strength. Mm -hmm. Psalm 46.1 says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. So we want to help our children understand that because of Christ in us, We don't have to be slaves to sin. We can ask Him for help. Mm -hmm. God says in Isaiah 41.10, I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So along those lines, we might say something like, Honey, when you're tempted to lash out in anger at your sister, you can ask God to help you respond in love and with self-control. And when you do that, He will heal that anger in your heart, and He'll give you strength in your weakness. Now, does this mean that they're going to automatically have it and always respond this way after you've instructed them <laughs> like this? No, that would be nice, yes, but it would. <laughs> no. <laughs> our ongoing battle with our sin natures until that final defeat that we all look forward to mm. means that we're all a still we're all still a work in progress. But what's true for us and what's true for our kids is that the more we seek Jesus in our weaknesses, the more we experience His strength in our
0: weaknesses. So we press on, and we encourage our children to press on. Okay, so I actually have a question for you regarding what you just said. So one of my kids uh, who has professed a belief in Christ and a subsequent heart change has just really been struggling lately with sin, and this child frequently becomes discouraged by the constant internal battle with it, which I can completely Mm -hmm. identify with. Mm -hmm. Um, So I know you said that the more we seek Jesus in our weaknesses, the more we experience his strength. Can you give me some advice on, and all of our listeners on how to explain that to our elementary-aged children? So I feel like we focus so much on correction, especially at that age, that we forget to focus on encouragement.
1: Mm, Yeah. You said that he frequently becomes discouraged by the constant internal battle with sin. And like you said, I can totally relate to that. I think most Christians could relate to that. In Romans 7, 21 through 23, Paul said, So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. So that constant battle sin is real. It's real for all of us, and it can be discouraging, but we don't want to walk in condemnation because Jesus has set us free from guilt and shame. So Katie, in answer to your question, I think teaching our children how to pray scripture is a really great way to encourage Mm. them because the Word of God is the ultimate source of encouragement because it's the ultimate source of truth. When our kids pray from God's Word, they're going to experience God's power in their lives. Because one thing about it is that when we pray Scripture, we can be certain that we're praying in accordance with God's will. And it's okay for us to model for our kids what praying Scripture looks like. So like that verse that I gave earlier, Psalm 46, One, Katie, you might show him how he could pray through that verse and then let him try on his own uh, praying some other verses. That verse says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. So as an example, you might pray, God, thank you for the strength and the help that you give me when I ask. And then guide him in asking for specific help for specific struggles or her. I I know you're not wanting to pinpoint which child you're talking about here. And if discouragement and condemnation are really big struggles for him, you might encourage him to pray through verses that talk about forgiveness. And again, model what praying those verses might look like. And let me just say that, of course, we're all supposed to hate sin. But when we walk in condemnation and have a hard time forgiving ourselves for sin, we're walking in a self-reliant faith because it's based on our own works rather than on the works of Jesus. Mm. Jesus died for our sins. And according to 1 John 1 9, when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. When we condemn ourselves, we're not accepting the grace and forgiveness of Christ, which was purchased at a very high price. Mm. It, it, it cost Jesus' very life. So to condemn ourselves for sins forgiven is to reject the work of Jesus at Calvary. So if you help him pay, pray through, First John 1, 9, it might sound something like, Jesus, I confess to you that I am a sinner and I'm so thankful that you died for my sins and rose again so that I can be forgiven. When I confess my sins to you, help me to accept your grace and help me to accept your forgiveness so that I can walk in your truth, not in condemnation. I think it would be really helpful to teach him to pray in accordance with the truths of God's Word so that that truth will permeate his heart and help him to walk in grace and freedom instead of condemnation. As Christians, we're not supposed to walk in condemnation. We're told in Romans 8.1 that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Thank you for that,
0: Ginger. That is just, like all of your teaching, just a really practical way to encourage our kids just To teach them how to pray God's Word back to Him. So I I really appreciate you sharing that with me. Mm. I don't know if you and your family have jumped on the monthly membership bandwagon, but my family really has. There are several that we get super excited about, but one of my kids' absolute favorites is called Dwell. Dwell is a monthly membership of Scripture Designs to help you and your family memorize one Bible verse every month. So we have what's called the Family and Friends membership, and it includes a four by five and a half print of the scripture verse, two key cards with the verse, and this is my favorite part, nine temporary tattoos. The designs are just beautiful, and I think this is a perfect Christmas or a birthday gift that doesn't include just more plastic stuff laying around the house. Actually, I have a funny story about my dwell tattoo. I was having dinner with my parents one night, and I had one on my wrist because we were learning John 8.36. Well, my dad saw it and asked if I had a new tattoo on my arm. And I was like, yeah, dad, I've had this for almost 10 years. And he said, well, I never noticed that before. (laughs) And then I had to confess that I lied to my dad about a fake scripture tattoo. So, you know, don't be like me. To learn more about this wonderful way to help you and your family hide God's word in your heart, go to DwellDifferently.com and use the code GINGER10 to get 10% off your order. Again, that's DwellDifferently.com and use the code GINGER10. One of our most hilarious church moments happened before COVID, you know, back when we were allowed to sit next to people. Well, my son had brought his favorite Lightning McQueen car with him that particular Sunday. We were sitting in the middle of our very large church, so literally thousands of people, when suddenly lightning hit the floor and he rolled and he rolled and he rolled all the way to the front of the church. And then some amazing person at the front, probably a dad, just picked up the car and without even looking back, he just passed it over his shoulder to the row behind him and that person passed it back and back all the way until lightning was returned and my face was pretty much as red as that car. That story is one of the main reasons I'm so excited to share more about our sponsor Not Consumed. Not Consumed is a family-owned ministry with dozens of products to help you and your family grow in faith. Their Bible studies for kids and families are amazing and so helpful. I love the one entitled My Brother's Keeper. But my favorite product is the Sermon Notebook. I just love that this is a way for our kids, as young as four years old even, to stay engaged with the sermon rather than distracting the entire church. To find out more about Not Consumed Ministries' incredible catalog of products and to download their free family Bible study, just visit notconsumed.com ginger. Again, that's notconsumed.com ginger. Excuse number four. Um, oh, he can't help it. He just gets it from his Uncle Joe. Joe has a real temper, too. <laughs> that Uncle Joe. Sorry to Joes everywhere.
1: <laughs> you know, it's probably—here's the thing. It's probably too late for Uncle Joe's parents to correct his temper with (laughs) biblical discipline, but it's not too late for your child. (laughs) I think that the fact that Uncle Joe was not trained in self-control would serve as a motivator, not as an excuse. Oh, that's a good point. (laughs) So I think that's
0: all I'm going to say about that one, Katie. All right, so what's number five? Point taken. Okay, excuse number five. My child is strong-willed, so discipline doesn't work. Mm. A mother once said to me,
1: you know, you may be able to get your kids to obey, but it won't work with my kids. And she went on to explain how different our children's personalities were and how her child was just strong-willed. And Mm. so, um, and she just kept saying how it was so much easier for kids with a more compliant nature to obey. But here's the thing. God expects all children to obey, regardless of their personalities or temperaments. Each Mm. child is a unique creation of God. Each child has distinctive physical features and personalities and abilities. But nowhere in the scripture does it state that any child is an exception to God's command for obedience. Colossians 3.20 says, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the
0: Lord. Ginger, this is my favorite excuse. Not that I personally like this excuse, but this is one I get excited about sharing because of what I pretty recently heard about it. So once again, this is something I learned from Sonia Schaefer. You can hear more about her in part one of this episode. But she and Ginger are my two favorite conference speakers, by the way. Ginger knows this because I talk incessantly about Sonia Schaefer. Mm -hmm. And if Sonia hung out with me, she would probably get tired of hearing me talk about Ginger too. So (laughs) I I love you both. And I'm just so thankful for all that both Mm -hmm. of you have taught me. Well, Anyway, I heard Sonia speak last year on the topic of developing habits in our children and in ourselves, and she asked a question like this. So if you found yourself unable to control your urges, for example, you ate a quart of ice cream every night, would you say, well, you know, I'm just strong-willed? You know,
1: <laughs> Of course not.
0: That, that is a sign of weak will. When we talk about food, we talk about having willpower. Mm. But when we refer to our disobedient children as strong-willed, we give them ourselves and others the wrong impression about what that really means. Mm, Good point. A strong will is a good thing. It's a gift from the Holy Spirit. But a weak will is what happens when we give in to our sinful desires. So for many of us, our weak will can feel like a thorn in our flesh, um, to borrow the Apostle Paul's words. Paul doesn't tell us what exactly that thorn was that was so humbling to him. It probably wasn't ice cream, but <laughs> I sometimes feel that my own weak flesh is the biggest thorn I have in my own life. And so I just love Paul's words in Second Corinthians twelve nine through 10. Just after he talks about the thorn in his flesh, here's what he says. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So just as a side note, I wonder how many of us could look back over our text messages, social media posts, and other communications over the past year and say that we have boasted gladly in our weaknesses. Um, How many of us have considered the calamity of COVID-19 a reason to celebrate the strength of Christ in our lives? I'm getting down off my little mini pulpit here. (laughs) I'm actually preaching a sermon to myself right now. No, that's a good mini sermon for all of us. Well, you know, anyway, to encourage our children in righteousness, we need to help them strengthen their will. So that comes through the Holy Spirit, and that comes through habitual obedience. So the habit part of it is important for sure. And Sonia Schaefer— Uh, the fictional matador masseuse of my first, of the first episode. (laughs) Um, If you don't understand that, please go listen, because that's really awfully confusing. Um, She's also of the hairdryer business card fame. Um, She has a great book that we'll link to in the show notes, and it's called Laying Down the Rails. It's actually a curriculum that helps us to teach our children good habits. She also has a really great article on her website called, Is Your Your Child Strong-Willed or Mm Weak-Willed? So we'll link to that in the show notes as well. But to go beyond habit and to reach our kids' hearts, we rely solely on God's will and his word to do that necessary heart change. And Ginger, that's what I love about all of your resources. You bring us back time and again to the only book, the only resource, that can ever change our hearts and the hearts of our kids. Mm, Well, I appreciate you saying that, Katie, because there's certainly nothing to
1: see here. (laughs) Apart from (laughs) God's Word, I have no wisdom to offer. I I don't teach on my own ability or my own authority. I teach on the authority of God's Word. So anything good in me, anything that, that I say that is good or write in my
0: books, it's all Jesus. Well, that goes for all of us, absolutely. Okay, excuse number six. But I love my children too much to discipline them. You
1: know, I could certainly understand and relate to that way of thinking because when my kids were growing up, I knew of nothing harder than disciplining them. I grew up with my parents saying, and I'm sure many of our listeners heard this from their parents too, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. I didn't believe it then for one second. I didn't either. But then I did believe it when I had kids because it's true. Mm. I dreaded disciplining my kids to the point that I have to confess there were times that I avoided it. Now, I shouldn't have, but there were some times when I did, and that's Mm -hmm. because to purposely inflict consequences on our children, well, that's a hard thing to do. We don't want to see our children suffer consequences. It's unpleasant for us, and it's unpleasant for them. But it's worldly and backward thinking that says, I just love my child too much to discipline him. We need to ask ourselves, who benefits if we don't discipline our children? certainly not our children. Proverbs 22, 13, and 14 makes it clear that failure to discipline our children places them at risk. So let's just put some thought into this. Who actually benefits when we make excuses for not disciplining our kids? We do. We're delivered Mm. from the discomfort of it. We're delivered from having to watch those who are so precious to us suffer consequences, and we're delivered from the inconvenience and loss of time that it takes to biblically discipline. Let's face it, discipline isn't pleasant. It's painful. But the Bible says it's necessary for producing the righteous life that God desires. Hebrews 12, 11 says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Proverbs thirteen twenty four says that parents who love their children are careful to discipline them. And notice that word careful in this verse, not abusive, but careful to discipline. So here we see that it is love that motivates a parent to discipline their kids. God equates discipline with love. So when we discipline in love, our children will equate
0: discipline with love. So it's better for us to say then, Ginger, that we love our children too much to not discipline them.
1: Yeah, that's that's a great way to say it. And that is exactly what I hope our listeners glean from this episode. And since we're on the topic of discipline, and I know we've said this before in earlier episodes, but it is so important that mom and dad are on the same page with discipline. Mm -hmm. It's really confusing to enforce two different standards on children. And even worse, when mom and dad are not on the same page, the child senses that disharmony in the marriage, and that can lead to insecurities. When mom and dad are unified and consistent with discipline, it creates a sense of comfort and security and stability in the heart of the child.
0: Well, I think this is a good time to mention that if you and your spouse are not on the same page in your parenting, Ginger actually has a really great resource for this. It's a three-session seminar called Reaching the Heart of Your Child. So it's available on CD and also as a digital download, and it thoroughly covers the why, when, and how of biblical discipline. Session one covers how to reach the heart of your child. Session two covers how to give a biblical reproof. And session three covers the biblical use of the rod. So in that session, Ginger gets down to the nitty gritty of the actual act of discipline, which we get a lot of questions about. Mm -hmm. So we want to refer you all to this resource as well as her book, Don't Make Me Count to Three, to answer those specific questions about the actual use of the rod. The audio series is based on the content of her book, Don't Make Me Count to Three, and there's also a companion study guide that works with the series or the book. Yep, so I really encourage parent to, parents to listen to the seminar,
1: especially for those who don't have time to read, or for those who just don't like to read. You know, Dads could even listen in the car when they're driving back and forth to work. Uh, mom could listen maybe while she's running errands or working out, and you know, it's fine for the kids to listen too, because then they get a sense of what their parents are learning and the biblical truths that they're wanting to incorporate into their lives. And then uh, if you're listening separately, come together as a couple and discuss the things that you agree with and even the things that you don't agree with. You know, you guys may not agree with everything that I say, and that is okay. But talk about that and then come up with a specific plan of action that you're both comfortable with so that you could be on the same page in your parenting.
0: Well, because like you said, Ginger, when mom and dad are unified in parenting and unified in discipline, that just really creates a great sense of comfort and security in the hearts of our children. Yep, it does. Well, Ginger, as we close out our time here today, can you just give us one final word of encouragement? Sure. I mentioned earlier in part one that because of our ongoing battle with our sin nature,
1: we're all a work in progress until that glorious moment that we all look so forward to, when that final defeat of sin takes place and we're unified with Jesus and made whole in His perfect righteousness and holiness. Until then, let us point our children to Jesus through our words and our examples. Let us encourage them to pursue His strength and weaknesses, and let's make sure that they see us doing the same. None of us are there yet, but thankfully, we're all on the way. And as we close these two episodes, let's all be encouraged with some inspiring words that Paul gives us in Philippians 3, 13 and 14. He said, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. As my wise daddy says, after every passage of scripture he
0: reads, praise his holy name. Thank you, Ginger, and thank you so much, listeners, for joining us. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And while you're there, we would love for you to leave us a rating or a review. This just helps us get the word out about our podcast so that other parents can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. Do you have a parenting question? We would love for you to submit it at gingerhubbardcom slash askginger, and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. And while you're on the website, you can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode. While you're on gingerhubbard.com, you can also find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Today, we're offering her audio series that we talked about in the show, Reaching the Heart of Your Child. It's available in CD format or as a digital download at a 10% discount when you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com. Also, be sure to give your mom friends the gift of encouragement this Mother's Day. So since Mother's Day is right around the corner, we're offering a bundle deal on Ginger's Wise Words for Moms charts, and you can get an extra 10% off the already great deal of the buy three, get one free special we have going on the website. So again, just enter the word parenting at gingerhubbard.com for that extra 10% off. Wise Words for Moms makes great inexpensive gifts for your mom friends, who are wanting to reach the hearts of their kids as well as churches who are looking for a little something special to give their moms this mother's day oh and don't forget about the big mother's day giveaway ginger is doing on instagram so be sure to follow her at ginger.hubbard thank you so much listeners for joining us today we look forward to being with you again next week until then may god bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of god Once upon a time, there was a homeschooling mom named Shaparella who had a problem. She loved buying shiny new books, all the books. And she especially loved buying new curricula for her mice. This isn't a perfect analogy, but just hang with me. Unfortunately, she sometimes spent money on books and curricula that just didn't fit. Kind of like trying to shove a glass slipper on her stepsister's janky feet. But what Shoparella really needed was a team of fairy curriculum consultants named Janice, Deanne, Sarah, Gina, Ruth, and Judy, yes, these are their real names, to help her make good curriculum choices. Thankfully, Shoparella found Rainbow Resource Center. Rainbow Resource Center is a family-owned business serving the homeschool community since 1989. Basically, they've been around since uh, Shoparella was very, very young. Even if you don't homeschool, Rainbow Resource Center is a wonderful place to get educational gifts for kids of all ages. You can sort their huge catalog of resources by grade and by subject to get the best educational products for your family. But hurry, because on the stroke of 12, everything will be as it was before, meaning you can get their great prices all day every day at rainbowresource.com. Again, that's rainbowresource.com and get free shipping on orders over $50 and live happily ever after the delivery truck arrives.